You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. Good evening. Uh, Do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. We have taken control as to bring you this special show. Uh, We will return it to you as soon as you are grooving. Uh, Welcome to station W-E-F-U-N-K, better known as We Funk, or deeper still, the Mothership Connection, home of the extraterrestrial brothers, dealers of funky music, P-Funk, Uncut Funk, The Bomb. Coming to you directly from the mothership, top of the chocolate Milky Way, 500,000 kilowatts of P-Funk power. So kick back, dig, while we do it to you in your eardrums. For oh, me, I'm known as Lollipop Man, alias the long-haired sucker. My motto is, make mine the P-Funk. So this episode, we'll be talking about Parliament Mothership Connection. In the room, I have Anne. Hello. And on the line, I have Rob. Yes, sir. And Ben. Gaga Mothership Connection is the fourth album by the American funk band Parliament, released on December 15th, 1975 on Casablanca Records. The producer was George Clinton, and the genre is funk and funk rock. And I'm going to read from the book, Liam Piper. Inspired by Motown's production line of sound, George Clinton gradually constructed the funk juggernaut that was Parliament Funkadelic. Two groups, several side projects, and more than 50 musicians, including sax star Maceo Parker and bass deity Bootsy Collins. Mothership Connection, Parliament's third and best album, testifies to the sheer power of their extreme musicianship and innovation. The cover depicts a spread eagle Clinton in makeup and a thigh-length platform boots jumping out of a spaceship, which is as close to a photo uh, you can get describing what is on the album itself. Under Clinton's guidance, Parliament took funk, washed it in acid, dressed it in camp, sci-fi outfits, and wrapped it in cool. The result is seven tracks of relentless perfect R&B, immaculately arranged by Collins, Clinton, trombonist Freddie uh, Wesley, and keyboardist Bernie Worrell. P-Funk, Wants to get funked up, heralds what is to come. Clinton speaks smoothly over languished bass lines before kicking into high gear and letting the synth horns and harmonies take over. From then on, each track is an explosion of interweaving rhythms and melodies. Mothership's connection innovation alone makes it one of the best ever funk albums. A huge success at the time. Tear the Roof Off the Sucker was Parliament's biggest hit. On the top 100, it changed the way people looked at funk and R&B. Decades later, its impact resounded in the works of rappers like Warren G and Snoop Dogg and rockers like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Primus. The P-Funk legacy makes Clinton and company one of the most important American acts ever. All right, what do we think of Parliament Mothership Connection? (laughs) Oh, hell yes. Yes. I had never heard it. I, I, I had gone 40 years without listening to this record back to front, and I am so happy it's in my life now. When, this is just one of the greatest things I have ever had in my ear holes, period, <laughs> period. <laughs> uh, up against anything that I love, like the, the, this, this 
here, here we are. Here we are. Now we've arrived. I'm on the mothership. The I love mothership. it. You <laughs> fucking love it. You're jumping on the mothership. I am absolutely jumping on this fucking mothership. God <laughs> damn, this record is good. It's interesting to hear most of Dr. Dre's early career on this album. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I I knew it. I I, I I knew his sampling for the Chronic. And I knew his sampling for Doggy Style, and like I knew Warren G was like on this is like on on the Funkadelic, not Funkadelic, the the Parliament Train as well. But man, like now I understand why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get I get it. <laughs> wow, wowie wow. My little brother turned me on to this album when he was in oh, really? high school. Frank? <laughs> Frank had a Parliament cover band. <laughs> it was just oh, no. him and his friend, and they both had like keyboards. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it was it. the most adorable thing. They wanted to have 70s clothes, so they like ended up with a lot of like goodwill women's clothing because they had like this striped <laughs> bell-bottom pants in the women's section and like little blazers mm-hmm. and stuff uh so were they a two-person keyboard tribute to to mothership connection yeah and then they they formed their like break-off band that mostly sounds like philip glass <laughs> 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 called I, zen of destructo this, ray <laughs> so. this is terrific news and isn't it great <laughs> yeah. so but like i hadn't really spent that much time with it because it's different than what i was listening to back then and i was less open-minded and listening to it again is like shit yeah <laughs> it's so good like my brother uh all dancing all the time <laughs> yeah my brother had several parties when he was in college and i somehow i i was invited up to one or two of them but they were disco on one end and then funk on the second side so they played disco music like it was a dance party and you had to dress up uh, but there, there was a. He had a tape. Oh, I can still imagine, you know, the writing you still on the have tape. One of the tapes. I, yeah, I probably still have it. But one side was disco, and it was all, you know, BGS, just whatever dance disco music he had. And then on the second side, it was funk, and it was mainly just Parliament. Uh, but there were some other, uh, you know, tracks on there from Brick House to you know everything else. But I just remember listening to Flashlight. And tear the roof off the, the sucker. Like just it, once, I, once I heard it, and I was like, "This is party music. This is so that good." That sounds like a great party tape. Both sides. Yeah, we still have it. So yeah, if you want to hey. borrow it, I was yeah. like, "Birch, well, what the fuck are you doing with this disco tape?" Yeah. <laughs> when, it, when it's socially it over. Uh, socially responsible, we should uh, have a, a dance party with that tape. Yeah. Sounds good. That sounds good. Or maybe but, we'll digitize it so it actually sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably recreate the the track list. It was a solid uh track list. Like every song kind of led into the next song. I just love I love tape mixing having that. But Parliament, we've arrived. This is the yeah. the weirdest, funkiest shit that you can possibly make. It's so great. I this love is it. also uh, my first time listening to th- this start to finish, uh, the so- like the what I know, what I knew of this album going in was mostly from either Dr. Dre songs 
or the movie PCU, which I watched <laughs> dozens of times in the late 90s and early 2000s. The David Spade vehicle PCU. Oh, okay. I was yes. like, I don't think I've seen that movie, but maybe. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yes. Sorry to young John Favreau. Jeremy Piven. Oh, I do like Jeremy Piven, like to look at. I think he's a jerk, oh, but he's looked that weird his entire life. Do you guys remember uh, that? What was your first experience with German Jeremy Piven? The Ellen Birch. Show. The Ellen Show. Oh, I was saying my first experience with Jeremy Piven Birch was <laughs> say anything, <laughs> where he looks the exact same age as he is. In yeah. PCU, he always looks and the same. oh, he's just such a weird little weird, he's a weird dude. dude. The the thing that makes this so interesting is just the non sequitur, just <laughs> lyrics. I guess the spoken word part. I have I never just... heard Uncle Funky UFO before, but it is now my jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's just trying to figure out what what is even going on. In, well, there's an in uh, there's a UFO full of aliens, but they are unfunky, and they want they want <laughs> your <laughs> funk. Give me that like, funky punk. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, nah, it's my funk. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, it's heavy with slang, and maybe some of it, yeah, we just don't understand because of that, right? Yeah, like I didn't really do a textual study of this. I should. It was just too. I was too busy dancing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Where did Rob go? Come back, Rob. Because they don't want their funk stepped on. Okay. Okay. They want that uncut funk. They want the uncut funk. Yeah. I, I, yeah, one of my favorite parts is still when he names the Almond Brothers. David Bowie. Magic. David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but it's not the P-funk. He's not wrong. That's no. the amazing thing is. You want to do so me in your funk? Right. <laughs> oh! <laughs> God damn, this record's good. If you show me how to funk like you do, <laughs> I just I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about College Town here, guys, and we never had a uh, like th- this never popped up on any of the porch parties, and I'm not we saying that wrong, I, I, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy the porch porch parties. I just kind of figured one of you cool dudes would have clued me into that this was a fucking rad record. Yeah, we were all rock and rollers at the time, though, and this would have. I was still uh, excited about late. Boston at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still excited about Boston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after uh, Clinton uh, heard uh, the, the Who's 196 rock opera Tommy, he asked himself, "What do you think a funk opera would sound like? Black people in space." <laughs> and that's where you get the mothership that, that was, connection. That was the I love yep. it. What about black people in space? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we put black people in the White House. What he said. I'm sorry. Not not speaking of uh, of <laughs> Mr. Obama, um, but he said uh, like of one of the uh, one of the earlier albums. So it was like you know, put a black person in the White House was a big deal. So what's next? Black people in space. Well, and having uh, having a pimp making out of a, a Cadillac of a UFO. Um. I mean, it's like black futurism, which is something that is really excellent and has existed for a long time, right? So, yep. like, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, and he, he was, he was a big fan of Star Trek as well. Yeah. Um, so, so we all that have may that have, in common with him. We, we, we all have that in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that may have had a little bit to do with the, uh, the outer space theme, but man, what they do with this outer space theme is out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I, I still can't get over that. This band is so good. It's too bad. Is this P? Is this Parliament Funkadelic at this point, or is it just Parliament? No, this is Parliament. This is Parliament, which has the same members as Funkadelic, but they just work in different idioms, but both funk. Gotcha. Funkadelic, it, funkadelic is guitar-driven psychedelic funk, and and Parliament is more traditional horn, horns R&B funk. Okay. Um, and but it's the same dudes. Separate question: <laughs> Did this? album come out in 75 and we're just now talking about it chronologically like is this not december of 75 it's 76 Uh, i don't know exactly why the wikipedia has 75 and the book has 76 so it it was december so maybe it was a a weird uh sort of crossover there okay maybe it's like one of those things where I, I don't know where the book was published, but maybe it was released like in the States in December and UK in January or something yeah. like that. Mm. Okay. Could be slightly different. I, yeah, I find it so interesting, the distinction, uh, because I, uh, you know, going back and listening to this album, listening to the Funkadelic album, having those sort of side by side comparison, I just, you know, I always kind of lumped in Parliament with Funkadelic because people say Parliament Funkadelic and P-Funk and it's all just one amalgamation, but they really do have a distinct voice. Each one of them being like you were saying, Ben, a, a sort of rock psychedelic driven funk and in a more just out there spacey jam funk. It, it all is great. I mean, all the players are amazing led by, you know, George Clinton and, a lot of these other very masterful players, but I, I find it really interesting that they, they were able to create a different idea, but still remain together. I don't, I don't know. For for a band to have so much creative mojo that they're able to have two distinct artistic statements existing simultaneously for years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. And if you ever get to see them on tour, two bands for the price of one, right? That's <laughs> fucking dope. And that's why, you know, like P-Funk, Parliament Funkadelic, that's like, if you're going to a live show, who are you going to see? Well, technically, I'm seeing Parliament and Funkadelic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to play songs off both, both, both groups' albums, you know? Yeah, man. Can you imagine what a cooler world it would have been had the Deadheads just started following around Funkadelic instead? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh man, where the hell would we be right now? <laughs> Probably outer space. <laughs> God damn, guys, this record's so fucking good. <laughs> it just keeps going. 
It never non-stop stops. Non-stop party. It never stops. And when it's over, you're like, is it over already? Yeah. And then you can and play I just, it again. I start it back over yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, does anybody want to talk about the spaceship? Because sure. I did re- research on uh, the mothership. I want to hear all about it. I, I watched a video today of of the mothership, and it looked fucking cool. Um, I, I want to hear all of the things you have to. I, is it not in the Smithsonian? Uh, the Smithsonian has a, a clone of the original. It's a okay. replica. It's a replica of the the original. The original they had built and started touring around this time that Parliament came to being came into being and the mothership connection and all that. Uh, so around 75, they created this crazy spaceship, which is huge. It's enormous set piece that they would hide from the crowd. And they said the first time they, they, they started going to the clubs, the mothership came out first thing, you know, to introduce the band. But they soon realized you can't start with the most elaborate, crazy set piece because then what's the rest of the show going to be? So it came in about three quarters of the way through the show. And obviously, D- Dr. Funkenstein uh, proceeds out of the mothership and then proceeds to tell everybody how, how to get more funky and invite them into the mothership. <laughs> oh, it, I love it. It's it's incredible to watch. There's a couple of YouTube videos of... Um, of the spaceship actually coming down. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how they wired it up, but it, it looks phenomenal. Uh, they eventually in the 1983, I believe they had to, uh, it was, uh, they said a tumultuous period of disagreements and debt, including addiction and things like that. But they basically had to get rid of the mothership and they just ditched it. So they scrapped it for yeah. for cash. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So no one actually knows if the mothership is still out there or where. No, where it they might said be. there was a younger twin that was last seen at Woodstock '99. <laughs> is that true? No, they recreated a, a mothership <laughs> later on, and it was at Woodstock '99. So they, they recreated the mothership. Like, I was at last seen 21 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, after Woodstock, they just let that go. They they were stowing it in a Washington D.C. storage unit, but they discovered that uh, this guy was taking the ship out and having parties <laughs> with the mothership, and he would invite people over, and That's like fair, they would man. party with the mothership. The spaceship was so party partying that like yeah. in storage, it started its own party. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so beautiful. And they're I'm turning it into like a disco right now. Disco it looks fucking rad. <laughs> we should build one for the basement. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, the mothership is is quite amazing. Yeah, and the Smithsonian. Uh, I think uh, it was in 2000. I want to say 2005, 2006. The Smithsonian uh, recreated that and then just had a display of so can, uh, the mothership. Is it still on display? Can you see it? Do you think? I don't know if you can still go see it. I do know. I mean, they wouldn't have gotten rid of it. No, no. I'll ask if I ever make it to D.C. They said once they started doing that, the mothership in, I mean, the costumes, people were just going crazy. I can't imagine being at a Parliament Funkadelic show on acid, having the music and just lights in a mothership. I mean... You don't have to be on acid. You can just be there, right? It's true. I would be on acid. 
Yeah. Uh, it said too at uh, the Capitol Center gig in April, uh, April twenty fifth, nineteen eighty one. Clinton stepped out of the mothership, tossed his golden make cape over his shoulder, and strutted across the stage naked. <laughs> said you won't find it on YouTube, but there's a VH t- uh, tape out there somewhere to prove it. <laughs> what, what year was that? Eighty one. <laughs> but Damn. they were getting wild. This was this. I mean, and you can hear it on the album. Obviously, it's a party. And so I think one of the catchiest songs on this record, we're actually listening to it right now. is a song handcuffs. Does this song need to be unpacked? I mean. It's it, it's touchy, you know, uh, I guess like the, like the hook of it is, do I have to put my handcuffs on your mama? You know, Uh but then, like other times in the song, you know, he, he's he's talking about how like that's not how it should be, and uh, and he says that he knows that that would be uncool. So it sounds like from the lyrics. So this this woman who who the singer loves is running around on him, and as a response to that, the guy is proposing that he might need to to lock up his his uh, his partner. And keep her barefoot and pregnant. And then he also says he doesn't want to have to do that, but he will. I mean, that's not good. I did not no. hear any of those lyrics because I was dancing, but <laughs> that's, that's super problematic, yeah. Um, There's also a, a reference to a chastity belt. That is true. I don't think anyone would actually own a chastity belt or want someone to be barefoot and pregnant uh, because they were hanging out with another dude. But, you know, it was the 70s and there was a lot of drugs. So who knows? Maybe there were chastity belts were all the rage. Handcuffs were for sure. I also think it's it's tongue in cheek. And I think it probably it definitely played different. Uh, in 76 than it does in, in 2020, you know? Sure. What do you guys think of Give Up the Funk, Tear the Roof Off the Sucker, Tear the Roof um, Off the Mother Stone Sucker? Stone Cold Classic. <laughs> Love it! One thing that I noticed in that particular track, which is also the one that's in my ears right now, um, is the keyboards are like... What Prince is doing with uh, "Let's Go Crazy" is very similar to what's happening with the uh, the the timbre of the uh, the synthesizers in this track. Yeah, very, very, very I hear similar. That, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, I found it really interesting to read about uh, Worrell and his. He sort of uh, composed a lot of the. He orchestrated a lot of the music. George and was he in the band at this point? Yeah, cool. He, I didn't yeah. realize that. 
Uh, the string, he says, the strings I played were on the ARP string uh, ensemble. So he's using the ARP synthesizer again, classically bass them uh, to answer the vocal melody. So when you hear we want the funk, you'd hear the string response uh, and then you'd hear it give up the funk. So it was like interject interjecting those like the classical flavor of uh, the ARP synthesizer into funk music. I mean, Stevie Wonder was doing some of those things, but not as not as uh, bombastic as this, I guess you would say. This this also uh, this song peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot Soul Singles and fifteen on the Billboard Hot One Hundred Singles. Should have so, been number one, but it should have been that's number awesome. one. <laughs> um, yeah, man, no, like all the synth stuff. Like for the most part, I think he's just fucking around with a mini Moog, um, which I, I, I've, I've seen videos of him, like giving like little demos of how he was doing, like uh, some of the tracks, but I'm trying to figure out what the hell was happening on night of the Thumpasaurus, uh, whatever the hell the rest of the name of that is. I c- it will not pull up on my phone. Thumpasaurus peoples. It? Yeah. Night of the, night of the Thumpasaurus peoples. I think that he was trying to see if he could just make fart noises for four minutes <laughs> with a synthesizer until it finally climaxes into uh, like a, an unfart because it is it is the fartiest thing I've ever heard and like it seems so intentionally he's trying to like show off like how many farts he can make with one synthesizer <laughs> like, and that 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 I, I'm I'm in awe of it. Uh, <laughs> It's a very, it's a very Gene Belcher move. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> and like that, like compared to what Bootsy is doing, like which is fucking insane. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know if uh, I'm, I'm drunk yet, or if it's simply that that uh, this track, like Bootsy Collins, like doing the bump, 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 and then going into this like way deeper uh like distorted bass like but like just jumping directly from it like it's so fucking cool i'm sorry i i'm i'm getting stuck in my own head listening to what's happening in my ears and talking towards the <laughs> microphone so cut all of this out um but shit man bootsy is so good how did bootsy get so good practice it played with the jbs yeah that's another one. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the sort of legacy of James Brown, uh, Sly and the Family Stone. I love the idea that this is the next step in the Sly and the Family because it, it feels, I don't know, it feels right. It feels natural. It feels like it needed to go somewhere. And it just went crazy. What a wonderful surprise that it went here. (laughs) I definitely hear some like direct correlation to to some of the sly stuff we heard, especially in like some of like the vocal harmony hooks and stuff and things on like. uh, Maybe even on like a unfunky UFO. Uh, There's just like some some of the the, the, like the vocalized harmonies they get into uh, just give me big sly vibes. It's so farty. 
It's so <laughs> farty. It's so intentionally That's farty. That's why it's called the brown note, right? <laughs> this is not even the brown note. It's Night of the Thumpasaurus. <laughs> gaga Googa, Gaga Googa. I had to look up the lyrics because I thought they were saying Johnny Cougar, Johnny Cougar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, are they like early Melon Camp fans? <laughs> it also it, it reminds me of uh, the the Motown song "Baby, It Ain't Over Till It's Over." Um, uh-huh. the, the the song like I I don't know if that's just me trying to put things together here, but that. Well, that, that 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 that's where it goes in my brain. I mean, I can see a lot of this come, stemming from the Parliaments, the original Motown band that George Clinton was a part of. Fine. I mean, I can. <laughs> you can you can trace a line back to these songs from Motown. Absolutely. It's just these are a lot more funkier. Isn't like the the story also weren't like the 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 parliaments they were stuck in a contract right yeah so George Clinton they were they were like a vocal quartet or or quintet I, I don't know how many par- of the parliaments were they're stuck in a contract and George Clinton who is the group leader and also manager I think he went to Detroit and he recruited a backing band and. Is that who he is that who he called Funkadelic? I think he called the he called this band of musicians that he put together Funkadelic and then brought the parliaments on as uncredited backup singers. But it was technically it was it was the parliament's way of getting out of their the recording contract. Like, oh, no, we're not the parliaments. We're the backup singers for this band Funkadelic. And then eventually he he revived the parliament brand. But with by dropping the the just like as like parliament, yeah, nice. It's a it's a it's a cool thing. It's a mastermind. It's a masterstroke yeah. <laughs> of genius. I don't think we need to go around the room on this one. Nah, man, this oh, is one of the best records I've ever heard. <laughs> so good. Give us the punk, you, or give us the funk, you punk. Yeah, I, I think that we can all safely assume that positive is correct and. I fucking love Parliament, and I'm going to listen to this record forever. <laughs> th- 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 this one stays on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, it's 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 great. It's so funky. Just push play at a party and stop worrying about the music. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's all you need to do, you know? <laughs> push play at the office and start, stop worrying about the job. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Parliament could save us all. <laughs> that's right. Get on the mothership. Just need to get on, on board. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oof. All right. Good deal. All right. Next time we'll be talking about the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. Music from the Penguin Cafe. Oh, 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 oh,